This week, Mike and I are discussing the biggest moments of 2020 and what it means for, dare I say it, the future of gaming. This is the Good Game, Bad Game podcast. This is a song I wrote about the Good Game, Bad Game podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Good Game, Bad Game podcast. It's it's new. It's fresh. It's it's current. It's not pre-recorded. Two weeks out, we're we're back on our bullshit, Mike and I. Mike, how's it going? You excited? Oh, I'm excited. Some might say that I'm back on my bullshit. <laughs> Who would say that? Everybody. Ah. <laughs> Um, People are tweeting at me, or tweeting <laughs> about me, saying, at the Mike yeah, Miners yeah. back on the bullshit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, I'm actually looking at Twitter right now. It's trending. Hashtag, he's back on his bullshit, and everybody's tagging you. So, congratulations. That hashtag um, wasn't even about me originally, but it just kind of caught on. <laughs> um, yeah, we took two weeks, and... Got to we pre-recorded stuff ahead of time and got to just kind of take a break, which was nice. Um, and hopefully, in those two weeks, you were gaming it up. Any any anything on the gaming front um, besides Madden? Let's hope. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh! I did play a lot of Madden. Yeah, I've been supplementing my um, football watching with um, basically simulating. Any mm-hmm. game that I care about, simulating by like playing it, obviously mm-hmm. not just watching Madden. Because who does that? Um, Losers not named Mike. That's who. <laughs> um, I did. I did play a lot of Madden. Admittedly, um, I also played a ton of uh, Watch Dogs Legion, and I'm still not done with that game. And I played it. I didn't play as much as I thought I would over break. Um, just in general, not just watchdogs. Um, I know I'm getting towards the end, but it is again, it is still good, still a great game. A lot Love of that. lot of hours. I didn't check. I should have checked my um, how many hours I have into it, but I think I've got to be getting towards a hundred hours. Damn. And I don't even know if there's. I don't know. I wish I could tell you I was just fucking around too. But like, I think I've been doing missions or like recruiting like people. The whole time I've played, it's not like, I don't think there's a whole lot of, like, room for just kind of, like, you know, like, GTA, like, you just kind of drive mm-hmm. around and do whatever, rob stores. Um, I don't think there really is a whole lot of that in this game. There's obviously, like, collectibles. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, I've just been playing it, doing missions and side missions, and I've got to be close to 100 hours. That's insane. Um, and it's not feeling like a drag? No. No. Oh, that's awesome. I, yeah, I've... Um, there have been times where I was kind of like sitting down, like trying to figure out what to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think about some games like her. Um, I played horizon two. Well, as well, I don't have horizon <laughs> two. Nobody does that. I know. <laughs> um, I started getting back into that again after like a six month hiatus. Yeah. Um, and that game feels like a drag to me, to, to be honest, I was playing on hard difficulty and I was like, you know, I just want to get through this game. I bumped it down to medium. 
Yep. <clears throat> um, that's the first time I've ever done that. Except for Infamous 2, I think. I think I did it for that as well, which I still haven't beaten. I just gave up on that game. I'm getting close <laughs> to doing that with Horizon as well. Wow. Um. Uh, but anyway, at any time, like, I wasn't sure what I wanted to play, but I knew I wanted to play something. I just jumped into Watch Dogs. I was like, I'll find something. Mm-hmm. Like, usually when I go into a game, especially a game like Horizon, I need to say, like, okay, I need to do, like, two or three missions here. Or, like, one one main mission and a couple side missions. Right. Um, Watch Dogs, I'm just like, fuck it, I'll find something. <laughs> and I do, awesome. every time. It's great. That's really and, cool. And, uh... I, I was I was thinking about this last night when I was playing. I was trying to figure out how I was going to constitute how much time I've played this game. And it's not even like travel either. Because the fast travel system in that game is so nice. Like you barely have to use cars. Because, um, you know, London. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's literally just been like straight game play. That's great. Well, definitely got value out of it. I'm excited. I keep seeing it on sale for like 50% off. So hoping that basically stays the case, like, you know, some sort of like spring sale. Once I have my PS5, I can pick it up um, because I am excited to play that. I do love the Watchdog games. I'm completely considering buying it again for Series X. That's awesome. That's fucking awesome. And and I would replay it probably right away. Right. Because there's different ways you can do it. I mean, I'm... Um, as I do with like most playthroughs that give me this option, like I have a very tactical approach mm-hmm. how I play it. But like I would love to do um like a game a playthrough where I just like don't care if like my um agent dies or whatever and I just go in and just kill everybody. Right. Fast and loose. Right. Fast and loose. Yeah, that's sometimes like that's sometimes like the fun way of like especially when games have like it's enough of a difference or if they have like you know different story beats that you can get to like you like play it the first way like how you always play so like i feel like you and i both are typically like that like where we try to be pretty tactical but then like when you go to do like the second so like you try to do like the opposite side if it's like a karma like thing like infamous where it's like good Mm -hmm. versus evil like you just throw it on like an easier difficulty and you just run and gun it and like you get the story beat and everything and like sometimes it can end up being more fun because like you get to just be like real quick with everything and like you're just kind of running around um love games like that yeah for sure and it's i always like the idea of going back and playing games a second time in a different different manner and i seldom ever do but Mm -hmm. this is one game where i i'm genuinely considering it and i heard i was reading an article i don't remember who it was from said uh legion is one of the better examples of ray tracing on the new gen okay so i'd like to see that too um so far i think forza horizon 4 has ray tracing but i haven't really noticed it um and i ordered um ah, what the hell is it called phoenix rising something or other yeah phoenix rising um and it still hasn't shown up yet but I would like to see that that's going to be like, besides Madden, the only other real like next gen game I have. Okay. I gotcha. Dope. How was your two weeks off? Two um, weeks on? I two played... weeks of everything but podcasting. <laughs> Love podcast. I played a lot of video games, of course. How um, much MLB? Zero. No MLB. Wow. I did 
unfortunately start playing NBA here this past week because I was just kind of like feeling playing basketball. Um, but I think I'll fall out of that relatively quick. Um, no, but I, um, I, I finished Days Gone, I think, like a couple weeks ago, but I went back and I was like cleaning up stuff in that, got the platinum in that. Um, I finished LA Noir and got the platinum in that. Um, doubt. Doubt, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah on, the, on the remaster, it's Good Cop, Bad Cop, and Accuse. But yeah. Uh, mm. What was it? Uh, doubt and Lie and what was Sus- oh, truth. it? Suspect. Uh, it, was, it was Truth, Doubt, Lie, I think. But yeah, they changed it on the next gen version. And then what? I got another platinum, and now I'm forgetting. Oh, Infamous Second Son. I I played. Oh really? Yeah, I finally went I back and that. played played that the second time. Um, and I had to play it good, not evil. And um, yeah, it was, that was a lot of fun because that's a game that came out. Um, that was launch PS4, right? Or or very early PS4 at the very least. Um, yeah i don't think it was launched but it was within the first couple of years so it was pretty funny that i was playing like i got a platinum in a ps3 game remastered onto ps4 uh like early ps4 game and then a late ps4 title like i thought that was funny um and yeah they, they were all good i would consider days gone like a later that was like besides last of us and ghost of tsushima that was i think the like most recent um sony exclusive i think um so yeah did all three of those and then i just started playing um mafia 3 again i'm going back and playing through that to try and get the platinum in that and clean it up that's a really fun game i forgot about how they like tell the story in that game they tell it like documentary style Mm -hmm. and um like so like they'll they'll be interviewing the people who were like there during the events of like what's happening in the game when you're actually playing and like they'll talk about it and then it like goes to the mission and stuff it, it's really well done actually it's not like the greatest story or anything like that or well the story is actually really well done i should say the gameplay is not the greatest um out there but they they made a really good game and it's like it's a super frustrating game because it takes place um i think it's like the 60s uh maybe 70s it takes place in louisiana and you're a black character and so you deal with like racism and stuff like that and it's super super frustrating to like see that they really captured the uh the times unfortunately um so go ahead no no no, go i i started playing that game a couple years ago um and i just i stopped playing it i think um i think it was right before I moved that I started playing it. So when I moved, I just kind of fell out of it and never came back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did really like that game. And uh, to the point that you're making, um, it was it was kind of funny as someone who's a white male uh, playing that game and kind of seeing you know, the point they're trying to make. It really affected my gameplay. I was a very vindictive game player then. Oh like, my God, I just wanted yeah. to kill everybody. Like in the most gruesome ways, I would kill people and dump them in the the, the, the swamp so alligators would eat them. If, yeah, yep. depending on the dialogue they used in the game, I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, super fucked, obviously, and uh, 
but it lets you uh, get your get your revenge. That's for sure. Yeah, it's pretty gruesome. <laughs> it's a yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a good game. Um, and part of me wanted to go back and play that because they just remastered um, Mafia One and Mafia Two, mm-hmm. and I'm actually really excited. Mafia Two is like a lot of people say it's like one of the best games, um, just like in general from like the PS3 360 uh era and so i'm excited to play both of those because i do really enjoy um mafia 3 and our friend mike london he just played mafia the the first one and i i texted him to ask him you know like what he thought of it and everything and um he had all all good things to say about it so it's it's cool i was nervous about that with it being such an old game Mm -hmm. how it would play i know like some remasters are kind of just lazy and um it just doesn't it plays like an old game and i feel like once you get into the newer gens it's harder to go back to that mm-hmm. but that's good to hear I, I remember when i first got a ps3 i had the mafia 2 demo and i played the hell out of it it was the same mission over and over and over yep. and over and over again there was some degree of open world i think you got like 20 minutes to play before you had mm-hmm. to like restart um yeah that game was really fun yeah so uh, yeah, I'm excited to pick those both up, hopefully soon. But I wanted to get through Mafia Three, and I'm other than that, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what what I'm gonna play next. I'm kind of in this like awkward stage because I'm I'm thinking my PS5 will be coming soon. Um, Walmart still says my order's processing, so that's scary. Uh, <laughs> technically, I'm a week away. It's supposed to arrive on the 13th, I think. So we'll see what's happening there. But like, I'm kind of in this awkward stage because once I get that, I'm going to get Miles Morales. I'm going to get a bunch of games for that. So like, I'm trying not to really get into like a new game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the holiday sales going on right now uh, on the PlayStation store. And I thought about getting like Jedi Fallen Order and some like other games, but I think I'm just going to hold off and just try and stay current with games uh, as much as possible before like jumping to like some like of my uh back catalog i keep accidentally almost buying fallen order Mm -hmm. and then i realize that i can get it with game pass (laughs) it's like if i'm on the playstation store on my phone like oh yeah i want to play that game it's like for stadia 23 bucks or something like that on the ps store so like seems like a really good deal um but yeah, that's my biggest concern with like a Game Pass or whatever Sony ends up doing. Um, I see people do it with PS Now currently where they announce mm-hmm. the new games for PS Plus that are free. And they're like, I just like, like, I just bought this game and like stuff like that. And like there are instances where people are like they buy a game and then it gets added to PS Now and they're like, motherfucker. <laughs> and that's like, I'm waiting for that to happen, except that it's already <clears throat> on PS Now or whatever the like service ends up being and if i if i do it um which is if it's as good of a deal as game pass i obviously will um but mm-hmm. i'm nervous that like there'll be a game on there and i don't realize it and i just go to buy it because i'm stuck in my ways so yeah um that was definitely something that i struggled with when i first got uh, game pass and then i just stopped buying games yeah that that's Thankfully, I'm already kind of in that that era. Uh, I've I've tried to stop buying games until I'm ready to play a new game. Essentially, mm-hmm. I used to be like when GameStop would run the buy to get one, 
yeah. was like such a good deal. Dangerous. So it was, yeah. So it was always like, well, I'll go spend a hundred dollars to get $150 worth of new games. But then like, by the time I got around to those games, they were probably worth 20 bucks. So it was like, I started realizing that, or I would get them for free on PS plus. I started realizing that. And I was like, I need to stop. Mm-hmm. So, <sighs> yeah, but it was, it was a good, good two weeks. Got to play a lot of games just as much as I normally do. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So today we're talking about 2020. It's in the past, you know, but there a, a lot happened in terms of video games. And I kind of thought it would be fun to maybe explore some of the things that have happened and, you know, what we think is going to come of these things, you know, in the year 2021 or even, you know, further down the road. Um, so, for example, if we just want to jump right into it, um, obviously, yeah, let's jump right in. Let's do it. <laughs> let's 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 get into it. Um, twenty twenty. Obviously, we had a global pandemic um, with COVID and everything, and we're still here in the United States, at least, uh, quarantining and having to basically be in a lockdown. Um, but video games for the most part, were like an industry that remained relatively unaffected. Now it's kind of like ignorant to say that because obviously game developers still had to work from home um, or a lot of game developers did. And that's obviously a challenge. I can't even imagine having to try and create a game with as many people you have working on that and not being able to like be together to do it. Um, But yeah, we still saw big titles come out. Nothing really got delayed too much except Cyberpunk, but that ultimately came out, um, you know, and and through it all, I feel like they never said that COVID was the cause, but I could be wrong about that. Um, we weren't really seeing COVID as the excuse for a ton. Um, and like I said, things were still coming out. So first off, um, you know, like I think about the the content of like, I play MLB, right? And like they were putting out weekly content. So like any developer who worked on a game this year and got a game to ship, like congratulations, because I have no idea how you did it. Like even if you had to push it back, you know, if you if the team was hoping to get it out in March and it didn't get out until end of the year, like that's still freaking huge to overcome uh, the year that we had. But what do you think this means for the future, do you think we're now going to see, like, in 2021, do you think we're going to see a drop in the number of games that are released or, like, big titles? So what I'd like to see is, so I'm on the, I'm on the Game Informer site that we use to see, like, what games are coming up in the next week when we do that short little segment mm-hmm. at the end of each of our episodes. <clears throat> I would have liked to have seen this list for 2020 a year ago because... I'm looking at the list for 2021. It only goes out to June, so the first uh, first half of the year. And there's barely anything. Barely anything with confirmed launch mm-hmm. dates. It could just be the time of year. Um, I don't think we see many major games come out in the first six months of the year. They're usually, you know, towards the holidays, November, October, um, around that time frame. But I, I, I think it's... 
it's just unavoidable. We're going to see less games. I don't think we're going to see zero games. Um, and I think, in, in, my, in my opinion, um, the games that came out during COVID, I mean, obviously they were in the final push. Right. Um, and it was a lot of big developers. So they had the resources to, to um, set up these remote teams to be able to work on the game. Um, like with most industries, the idea of remote teams is relatively new. Unfortunately, it shouldn't be, but it was, but it is. Um, and I think it was a good trial run. I think it was good for the industry to see how is this going to work? Cause you know, it's going to come eventually. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in creative industries like this, there's going to be some degree of remoteness, whether it be, um, QA or, development or creative design or writing things like that there's going to be some degree of remoteness so i think this year was a good trial i would like to see um how it affected teams of games that were starting development in 2020 or even 2019 um you know some games that were pretty early in the uh, development life cycle um I don't know how much we're going to see the effect of it on 2021, um, seeing as it takes more than a year to develop most games. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think really 2022 is when we're going to have to start looking at is there you know are is there going to be no games that come out? Obviously, um, exaggerating on, on no games because there's going to be some, but. Um, It'll be interesting to see, and and without going too much into this, because I think we're going to talk about this as well, uh, developers have to look at the CDPR debacle. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's if you're not ready to put a game out, are you still going to try and then pray that you don't get slaughtered before you can get launch day updates out or, or week one updates out or first month updates out? Um, I, In my opinion, um, these developers are going to take a little more time before they push these games yeah. and go gold and et cetera. Yeah. I think you nailed it. Like I think 2021 won't necessarily seem odd or out of, out of order from what we normally get. But I think I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be staggered all of a sudden we're going to get a couple of years where it feels a little light. And that's because of, like you said, games that were maybe early in on 2019 or any team that was small, and started on something like you have to imagine that that stuff's gonna um it's gonna hit harder um when you're not able to be together than like a bigger thing where you have a lot of people and a lot of hands working on it um obviously each has its own obstacles to overcome but yeah i think like you said obviously we're not going to get a year where we we see zero games that would be absolutely insane um and uh soul crushing (laughs) but yeah i I think um and and like you said with the whole like cd project right which we'll touch on um but yeah i think people are going to realize even more so that they need to take their time on things so i think yeah there's going to be games that end up maybe being in development a little bit longer and it's probably because they had to go through the weird year that 2020 was um, the games that we did see still come out were probably, you know, pretty close to done 
at the end of 2019 and a lot of 2020 was probably finishing touches and I'm sure that even still sucked and um, you know pushed things off I think you know what I think Last of Us was an example of a game that kind of got pushed uh, and had to get kind of pushed back because things ended up going a little bit slower because of COVID Mm -hmm. so you know you think about how that was affected right that was originally supposed to come out in March I think and it came out in come out in May August, I think. August? Oh my or god. Am I confusing it? Am I, I might be confusing it with the first one. I thought, I, Ghost I, think of, I thought Ghost of Tsushima came out in August. I think. That came out in July, I think. And wasn't Last of Us 2 ahead of that? I thought Last of Us 2 was in May. I'm just going to Go ahead and look it up. But, um. June 19th. That's right. Oh, damn. Damn. My brother's birthday. So, happy birthday, Chris. Happy birthday, um. Chris. Yeah, so like, you know, that had to get pushed. That's three months. Yeah. Um, for final touches, right? Like, mm-hmm. and again, we obviously don't work on games, so we don't know how long these things take, but you'd have to imagine that, you know, as long as they take already, this is just going to put kind of a, it's going to kind of slow things down. Uh, so yeah, I'd have to imagine that anything that's in that early stage, you know, and you have to wonder like if people, kind of just abandoned it and said hey we'll revisit this and like you know anything that has multiple like multiple teams working on like different games you have to wonder if maybe they just say hey let's just shelve this game and like work on this one because it's closer to being done something like that who knows uh so i think it'll be interesting and i I think maybe in a couple of years we'll be able to point back and go this game could have come out you know probably a year ago but it had it got slowed down because of covid um It'll be Here's interesting. I, this is kind of a realization I'm having as we as we have this conversation. Um, you know, I, I went into this conversation primarily thinking about big developers, so CPR, mm-hmm. Naughty Dog, um, Sucker Punch. I think this could really bring on a renaissance for indie developers because you think about these games that are you know even one or two people, like Fall Guys, or a team of four or five people that are developing these games. I mean, you're not responsible for a team of hundreds of people like these big developers are where, you know, you have to be careful, um, work remotely or uh, test and bubble, that kind of thing. I mean, it's it's five people. Most of the time they're close. Um, and it's a lot easier to, you know, maintain what five people are doing compared to a couple hundred Mm-hmm. Um, and with I, I think in 2020 we've seen this whole um, wave of creativity from you know people who can't go out, people who can't go see friends and family or go to sporting events or music events anything like that, they're all trying to create something, well I should say they're mostly trying to create things I mean, you know, this podcast is an example of something that was kind of birthed in 2020 right Um. You know, I think we could really see some great indie games coming out because the current situation, I think it's easier for them to develop compared to, you know, these big, these big developers. Yeah. Um, I think that would, I think that would be really cool. Uh, You know, we've seen indie games gain more and more prominence since really the PS3 era. Um, 
yeah, I'm excited to see what's going to come out of any developers. Yeah, hopefully, um, I think, yeah, you bring up a good point with like the really small teams. I just have to wonder about, you know, what about like a team of like 20, you know, it's relatively small. Um, you know, how, how are they handling something like this? Um, and yeah, hopefully, I mean, I think indie developers should keep getting more and more attention. I know Nintendo does a lot to work with indie developers. I know Xbox does as well. Um, you know, Xbox, especially with trying to help put them on like game pass and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. uh, which then obviously gets into more people's hands. Uh, hopefully we continue to kind of see this renaissance of indie games and hopefully, you know, they are able to capitalize and, and stay afloat in all of this basically. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it'll, it'll be exciting. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Well, we, we touched on CD project Red, so we might as well just roll with that now as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously cyberpunk bad launch, very bad launch not the first bad launch and not you know the only bad launch here of recent anthem is another big one fallout 76 just to name two other ones and the interesting thing about those two for me is that they've been swept under the rug right it's terrible for the first couple of weeks as every bad launch is it's all anybody can talk about and then everybody just kind of forgets about it and they just just stop talking about it uh I'm kind of happy that this happened to such a big game because I hope this means we don't stop talking about it. And I hope that it means things will change. Uh, And and I'm hoping that's as soon as this year. Uh, But we'll obviously see because as I just got done saying, there have been bad launches and CD Projekt Red, a big company still decided to put out a game in the, situation that it was in so it'll be interesting to see what happens there i think that you already basically touched on it but that kind of goes hand in hand with everything of just like realizing that it's good to take your time and to make sure something's as polished as possible and with the media shitstorm that came with cyberpunk uh i think a lot of developers will realize that they probably can't handle something like that Hopefully they look back at Anthem was Bioware, right? Yeah, EA, EA and Bioware. You know, maybe look back at that and how that was handled. And, you know, could we handle, can, can we can we withstand something like that? Um, you know, and I think hopefully a lot of them say, no, we couldn't. And let's just make sure this game is as perfect as possible. And I think the whole CD Projekt Red thing is perfect too, because, you know, we got to hear how you know incentives and bonuses were dependent on the rating that the game got and if it got under a 90 then there was a chance that they wouldn't get their full bonuses um and that's you know messed up on multiple levels there alone you know hopefully this means that higher ups start to maybe rethink things that's probably where it's you know most dependent on but yeah i it's it's kind of funny um to compare it to professional sports um this is kind of a timely subject you look like nfl incentives nfl contract incentives 
and um, you know, game developers they'll get their incentive for doing eleven touch passes in three minutes to get to forty five catches for the year. But like the audience is going to see right through that. So yeah, I, I, it's it's taking the easy way out, and I feel like that's just something that um something that CDPR didn't see. Um, I don't think they were willing to admit that you know what it's just not our year to to reach to reach those forty five passes. Um, you know. I, I think I think it <laughs> I think it should have been delayed again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, and I, I think and, and that's in hindsight, you know, of course. Um, and I think developers are going to see that. And I, I think this is this was the final straw for, um, like I said, developers pushing out shitty games and promising, you know, early release uh, patches. Um. And it's been one of these one of these things that's kind of been snowballing because you go back to like when consoles really weren't connected. Um, so basically, before like PS2 and Xbox and GameCube, where the game you put out was the game you put out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it took ten years to develop a game or five years to develop a game. But for the most part, it was good. And like, if players found glitches, it was mostly laughable. Mm-hmm. And now it's to the point where it's like expected. Mm-hmm. And people are just um, so okay with playing shitty games, <laughs> but at the same time, they're not. Right. It, it just it just depends. It's really it's really a, a toss up. Like you make a good point with Anthem. You know, Anthem was super hyped. I don't think it was cyberpunk hyped, but I remember watching like the the E3 demo. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, that looks like a good game. And then it came out, and um, it's just got awful reviews I, I haven't played it i haven't bothered wasting my time um but here it's better but but yeah it can it can go either that route where it just kind of like passes in a week mm-hmm. or it can go to the cyberpunk route where it blows up in your face um and i'm you know for future releases i'm leaning more towards it's gonna blow up in your face now i don't right. think people are gonna forget um. So we'll see. I've always had an issue with the saying that any publicity is good publicity. <laughs> <laughs> I've always thought that was the most dog shit saying ever. Um, and I, I think that uh, the gaming industry learned that. Yeah, uh, I, I'd have to agree with you there. I, I think about how you just said, you know, Cyberpunk should have been delayed again. How many times was this game delayed? Do, can we do we know it, it was originally slated to come out? I think March or May, one of those M months, and then it got pushed to November, and then it got pushed to December, or, or did it get pushed to August or September somewhere in there, maybe? And I, I just think about that, and it's like you know, I think about like The Last of Us. The Last of Us, when it first got delayed, it was delayed indefinitely, mm-hmm. if you remember. And then it was only like two weeks, maybe a month later that they were like, well, no, here's the release date. Like it was very short lived that it was indefinitely, you know, coming out never. Right. Um, I I think about that. It's just like, you know, it's fine. We we talked about this before, you know, with, with the whole idea of putting out a release date. I think it's fine to put out a release date 
And when you know that it's not going to hit that release date, just say it's it's indefinite, right? Like, you know, or you can like give a rough estimate. But if you have to go all, if you have to change that one again, like at, at what point do you just say like, hey, we don't really know when this is going to come out. It's close, whatever. But I, I think the whole cyberpunk thing really got messed up because they just kept giving definitive dates. And then it was like laughable when they had to push it back. And, you know, I obviously didn't care. A lot of people didn't care. A lot of people said put out the best game possible. But you also get the vocal people who do care. Um, And, you know, you can just avoid that with just one simple indefinite, right? Like it'll come out when it comes out at this point. Um, And I don't know what all goes into being able to make that decision, obviously. But I think there is something to be said about making sure you have a better idea of when something can come out and having it then and then you release it and i'll point to last of us again because they did that they said indefinite then they released it then they said when they were going to release it they released it on that day and it didn't have uh that many issues so you know i think about something like that and i'm hoping that maybe is like the i I hope people can look at those two things they can look at how the cyberpunk release went they can look at how like the last of us 2 release went um and just just take from it that if you have a good understanding of when your game should release and you release it then all is well but if you are uncertain but decide to go through with it anyway you're 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 gonna make your bed and you gotta lay in it yeah i think that's logical um and first of all it looks like cyberpunk was delayed three times thank you um based off of the articles that i'm seeing but um yeah, I, th- I think you're completely right. And I think that's a logical thing to do because think about every time you heard a release date for Cyberpunk. Like, you were, you were upset when it got delayed the first time. And then when you got the date from it's going to come out, you're like, okay, yeah, cool. Like, I'm ready for it. And then it gets delayed again. And then you get the date and you're like, okay, yeah, like, I'm still excited. <laughs> and it gets delayed again. And that's when the outrage started. Mm-hmm. I think it was after the second time. And then you finally get another date and you're like, this has got to be it. If this isn't it, then just, you just, you just wait, even for, you don't give another date. You just build the game and when it's done, it's done. And it got delayed again. And then it came out. <laughs> I I think you just, you, you put, especially in a, a population that's so fanatic as gamers are. Mm-hmm. You you put this you put them on this roller coaster of emotions. You're gonna piss people off. I think people can deal with a game being delayed once. I mean, I think that's almost commonplace. I, I couldn't tell you the last time a game was actually released on schedule. Um, and that's not just that's with almost any piece of software. It's almost always delayed because without going too much into it, there's always a disagreement between developers and business managers and i think we talked about that yeah and in our crunch in our crunch podcast there's just so much discourse there um i think people can deal with one delay but if you delay once you don't give a date you can maybe give like okay maybe by the end of the year if it's like a march delay or something Mm -hmm. something reasonable though like if you delay it in october don't say yeah it's still probably gonna come out by the end of the year Unless you're certain, unless you're like, hey, we don't know if it's going to be two weeks, four weeks, 
but we know it'll be out by the end of the year, then that's fine. But right. yeah. I, I, yeah, I think you're completely right. I, I, I think developers, if they need to delay a game, don't give a date. Yeah. Now, will I this think be... we'll probably see that. Yeah, I was going to say, now, will this be what people try to start doing to avoid the 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 media shitstorm? Or, you know, will they just kind of keep doing it until things really, really get bad? But I think this is really, really bad. So hopefully um, that'll that'll be the change. You brought... I think we can... Go ahead, sir. No, no, no. Go ahead. I think maybe Halo will be... Yes. The first um, case on whether or not that's going to happen. Because that got a release date now, right? Or just a, a general... Mm-hmm. I want to see what the what the actual... I don't think it has a, a perfect date yet. I think it just has like a general time. Okay. So I, I, if, if that's the case, I think you're right. I think that I think they treated it. I just can't find an article right now. Um, I hope they leave it at that. And then I hope sometime in, let's say, October of 2021, they're like, yeah, here it is. See you in a week. And mm. it's out. Right. I hope they don't say, yeah, it'll come on, you know, September 21st, 2021. And then the week before, be like, well. <laughs> right. I, I think that'll be, I think that'll probably, that's the biggest game that I can think of right now that's coming out in 2021 and one that's already been delayed once, at, at least once. I don't know if it's been delayed more. I think that'll be the case and see if a big game developer learned from CDPR. Yeah. And I think thankfully they had the pushback, you know, they, they they had the delay early enough that now the whole cyberpunk thing happened that hopefully, like you just said, they've learned and they go, okay, well, thankfully we got off the first delay. If we need to do it again, we definitely need to do it again. Like there's no ifs, ands, or buts. We cannot release a broken game, like especially one of the magnitude of Halo. You cannot do that. Yeah, you just, you just got to wait because people aren't going to, I don't think people are going to give it another shot. Like, if it comes out and it sucks, I think people are still going to want to play it, but they're going to hate it. Yeah. And um, I think that's what's happening with um, with Cyberpunk for people who aren't playing on PC or apparently Stadia. Right. Yeah. Um, that's one That's one where it's just going to be like a wait and see. I can't even begin to predict because I, in the past, have thought that we would get away from these day one patches, and yet here we are every single day every single game releases and has a day one patch immediately so that is just the current landscape but hopefully with with delays and stuff they become a little more commonplace and aren't you know so taboo um but you brought up probably the last big thing that i can think of that happened this past year that that really blew up and that's the topic of crunch right and that's it's been a thing for so long we've talked about it before um not to beat a dead horse too much but I honestly am in the camp where I think, and this may just be my optimism showing, that things will start getting better in the crunch realm. You know, we as a population are getting more vocal about things that, you know, are upsetting to us. And I think a lot of people are or would say that they're upset when a game needs to go into crunch and people are put into 
you know, bad working conditions because nobody would want to be in those working conditions. Now you have people who defend it and that's whatever, but I, I do like to think that enough people get vocal that they're upset about it. And, you know, each time a new crunch thing happens, a new crunch story comes out, more and more people are vocal and upset about it. So I'm hoping that actual change will be coming and that we will see less and less of it and that it will, you know, not be this this evil, evil thing that is just, quote, commonplace. Um, you know, maybe it'll get a new spin or something where it's not so detrimental. You know, I think crunch is fine if you are, um, you know, paying extra and also, I don't know, they're, they're like, if you're providing extra benefits and on top of those things, it's optional, right? It's not a forced thing, right? Uh, you're not, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, promotion uh, uh, incentive, uh, you know, w- with stuff like that, because you always hear that that's mm-hmm. the, the reason of crunch. Um, you know, if it's completely optional, which they say it is sometimes, and it's not, like I just said, um, you know, maybe you can, you know, put put that cute little spin on it or something. But I do really hope that we, we get away from it altogether. And uh, I think after 2020 and kind of hearing about, of all people, again, we're bringing them up. CD Projekt Red <laughs> had their own crunch. You know, no, not not them. They're the good guys. Um, you know, we've heard it with all, all different developers, Naughty Dog, uh, Rockstar, so many big games, so many great games, but the the work that's put in in the background, as with most good things, right, is, you know, kind of seedy and gross and unsavory, and you don't want to hear about these things, and you just want to play your game and think that, oh, everything's rainbows and butterflies. Um, but what do, you, what do you think with Crunch? Do you think do you think we'll see immediate improvement? Do you think this is going to continually be a gradual thing? Do you think it's just going to be something that they continue to try and hide in the shadows and it'll only pop up when Jason Trier sniffs it out? You know, what do you think? Um, I don't fully agree with the idea that what happened in 2020 is going to end crunch. Um, I think that, my my first point is I think people on Twitter heard a lot of different information, mm-hmm. um, specifically about the CDPR situation. Um, I'm going to continue to use that as the case study because I think it is the most prominent case study in 2020 as far as crunch goes, um, even you know beyond 2020. At, at first, it was you know these people are being forced against their will without extra pay to work on this game, and then it came out that oh well no maybe they're actually like volunteering to do this and then like you said you get into the the conversation of okay what's the definition of volunteering mm-hmm. um you know is there something that's <clears throat> intrinsic or extrinsic there that no one's talking about um just because the gaming industry is what it is and it's so hard to get into and survive in um so I, I, I would, it's my opinion that the general public is probably pretty confused on, you know, <laughs> if, if, if what, what does crunch actually mean? Right. Um, so I think based on the fact that the general public saw that crunch was a thing for such a prominent game. Um, and, and I think for the most part, we've all acknowledged that it's, it's bad. 
no matter how you cut it, it's not good for your workers. And at the end of the day, apparently not good for your game. <laughs> you know, how do those, how do the developers or the, the people, everyone who was involved with crunch and CDPR, how do they feel when they had to put so many hours into this game under crunch during a pandemic away from their families and the product that the business side of CDPR put out was, was, was bad. It was still and, not finished. Yeah. And didn't do a good job of saying, you know, all the demos they showed, they didn't say where that was. You know, they, they never said that this game is not going to look good on PS4 and Xbox One. <laughs> I don't know if they just assumed people weren't going to play it on that, but you can't even get an Xbox a, a, a series console or a PS5 and to get a card that's even worth playing it on a PC is also challenging. I Did they just not predict that or were they just sweeping it under the rug? Right. I, I, I'm following a pattern with tech companies in general. Um, and I'm going to use Google specifically because there's recent news on that where the Twitterverse has acknowledged that what they're doing for two employees is bad. What employees have to do to make the company money and not, you know, benefit the employee as much as it should, um, is bad. And people have acknowledged that for years and years and years and years and years. So now what it's taking is Google employees finally um, having to have to, um, you know, basically put their careers on the line and unionize. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's recent news as of this week that Google employees are finally unionizing. And it'll be interesting to see what happens because if Google does what Google generally does when people stand up for themselves, they get fired. And that's the end of it. And Google doesn't have to deal with unions. um, And they still find people who want to work for them because it's such an illustrious career. Um, I think that's what's going to take in the gaming industry is these developers um, and and not just developers, but other people within the organizations that are forced to crunch to unionize and say, this is, these are our rights. This is how we expect to be paid for this many hours per project or week or something that can be collectively bargained. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's what it's going to take. Um, And I think we'll see what happens with Google. I think that's going to kind of reverberate throughout the tech community. Right. You know, we'll see if we see a union form with Google, we'll see a union with Amazon and um, Microsoft, Facebook, uh, and then it'll propagate to gaming companies um, even the smaller ones, um, you know, I think there will be some sort of national or international union that will collectively decide the rights of these workers. That was my long winded HR <laughs> professional opinion. I liked it. Yeah. Um, a little, a little naive of me to think that crunch will just magically go away after you know 2020 but yeah i think uh the the google example is you know pretty spot on you know 
and, and that's basically what we were trying to get at with the whole release date thing. When it happens in a, in a large scale with a big company, you know, that's when you finally hopefully see the change with the smaller stuff, right? You see the trickle down of it. So hopefully, hopefully it's close. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it'll still take time, obviously, because that's how all of these things go. The... Uh... You know, I always like to talk about the alternate situations with with these topics. It could, you know, take one company. Let's say it's let's say it's CDPR. Let's say that their workers want to start a union, and um, I don't. I don't think many companies want to, um, in air quotes, deal with unions. Mm-hmm. I think the the general perception of unions in public industry is um, pretty negative. Um, so even if the whole population of people who work in video game development um, don't unionize, I think the threat that they might could be enough to urge some of these companies to look at some of their their, their practices. Um, that's the route that I hope for. Not that I am completely against unions, but I think if you have these companies acknowledging the fact that they need to treat their workers better, it's going to end up better for everybody. Um, you won't have companies trying to cut corners um, mm-hmm. or do layoffs or, or furloughs because now they have to um, pay more than they would have for if it's benefits or pay or any sort of fringe um benefits they'll just kind of be up front and then they can have the say on what they're paying but still make it fair you know what i mean right so we'll see that's the route i hope for i hope they just get scared enough to treat employees better and they don't have to unionize (laughs) crazy right crazy to hope that companies treat employees better yeah because clearly i mean and we're, we're seeing this too like i said like Companies can get around public perception. Mm-hmm. People can bitch on on Twitter or Facebook all they want, and it doesn't get anywhere. Oh, you're gonna send me to Congress now? Great, watch this. Right, and they just make a fool of the U.S. government for this particular example for where we live. Um, and then nothing happens. Mm-hmm. It, it really comes down to the workers. Unfortunately, they have to put this much effort in stepping up and saying, "No, you can't treat us this way." So we'll see. I'm, I'm hopeful. I don't think it's always going to be this way. I think we're less than two years away from seeing pretty massive change in how people in the game industry are treated. Hopefully. Yeah. And I, I think my hope is just with all of these things that we've touched on with 2020, I, I, I hope that it's just the ball getting rolling, right? You know, may not see the change immediately, but hopefully, like you said, maybe two years time. We're, we're seeing actual change. Um, we're seeing uh, a better faith, good faith from the company, not only to their employees, but to the community that supports them, right? Um, but, man, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we sure will. <laughs> um, anything else from 2020? I know we could talk about 
cloud gaming, but we've talked about cloud gaming so much this year. I think everybody knows where we stand on that. We do absolutely think that it'll have its rise um, sooner, uh, at this point sooner rather than later. Um, but anything else from 2020, any trend that you see starting because of something in 2020 or um, anything else? I'm almost, th- this is very on the outermost rim of my my radar for, for trends, but I almost kind of see um, VR kind of starting to come back to life. Okay. Um, so my brother-in-law got the Oculus Quest 2 for Christmas. And I don't know if you're familiar with that at all, but it's um, the, it's completely wireless. Okay, so it's a headset and two controllers. Um, and you can use it anywhere because it's wireless, it runs on battery. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're going to start seeing VR become more accessible. Um, and... Uh, that's one because of just you know the natural progression of technology things getting easier to use it's it's funny so justine uh used that her friends came over and they played beat saber or whatever and then we came home and um decided on new year's eve to play vr and we set up beat saber again and it was amazing like it felt archaic because of all the wires you have to set up to use psvr right um so i see i see vr having kind of a, a second wind well i guess this is maybe it's third or fourth or 40th wind <laughs> um in both like gaming and i think it'll also get support from like social services um especially since facebook owns oculus and they're really an innovator uh in the space um you know you're going to see more social application for um, for VR. So you're going to see it in more homes, um, especially depending on, you know, what happens with COVID and if there are any more shutdowns after um, inauguration uh, at the end of the month. Um, and I, I think that'll become more accessible, which will be cool. I mean, I've always liked VR. I've always kind of been a... Um, an early adopter of it and really like to understand why most people don't really pay attention to it. Cause it is a lot. It's been expensive, still mm-hmm. kind of is expensive to, to adopt. Um, but I think we'll see more with that. So I think we'll see more, um, innovation in the game space too, with different games coming out and like more full scale games, not just mini games. Do do you see VR becoming more accessible or cloud gaming? Which one do you think is more likely to, you know, be in every house, you know, kind of thing? Which which do you think hits that first? I'm going to lean more towards uh, cloud gaming because of the lack of hardware. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, it's hardware you already have. And I think the innovation space in, well, yeah, I'm still going to go with cloud gaming. Obviously, the biggest constraint there is internet. Um, 
but I think we're going to see a complete change in how we look at internet with 5G. And I think it's just going to make high-speed internet more accessible to everybody um, and will help the United States specifically um, improve their network infrastructure. And VR... I think VR has more to lose really and it's still it's 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 something that's fun whereas i see cloud gaming as like something that's more practical mm-hmm. um especially for people who don't want to invest in hardware or have consoles right. around or things like that um i know justina said specifically like she can't wait until like we move and i have a room where i can like specifically keep the gaming consoles so they don't have to be out in our general living room and I was like, well, joke's on you, because I'm still going to have like my Chromecast Ultra on whatever <laughs> TV we have in our main living area, so I can at least have a console there, but like, you'll never see it. You'll right. see the controller, and that's it. Right. Yeah, I feel like with VR, the, the big concern there for me, you know, I, I would lean towards cloud gaming being the in-every-house first, just because VR, you know, more monetary... Uh, there's more of a monetary barrier there, right? Um, more of an upfront monetary barrier. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then also like space, you have to have the space for it. Um, which, you know, I guess, you know, dependent because like that kind of, I guess would be the same thing as saying like, you need to have good enough internet with, you know, cloud gaming so that they, they both have their barrier there in my opinion. Um, but yeah, cloud gaming just seems from, like you said, like a hardware standpoint, so much simpler and easier for people, I think, to just kind of get behind. Um, I think it's going to get to a point where you see them merge, too, because I think there's only, at least in the foreseeable future, so disconnected that VR can get, like with the Oculus Quest. Like, yeah, it's cool. You can play like mm-hmm. the popular games, but there are some like PSVR games that are pretty compute intensive that you would never be able to play on that because it's basically just like an android phone Mm -hmm. um so i think we're gonna get to the point where you're gonna see i think vr at its most popular where it's streamed the games are streamed and then the devices can be super cheap because there really doesn't need to be much compute power in it Mm -hmm. it's all going to come down to latency that'll be interesting didn't even really think about that. Didn't even really think about the two merging together. So that definitely makes sense. Um, all right. Anything else from 2020? Can we, can we finally close the book on it? Let's come up with like, come up with like new sayings for this podcast. That'll get annoying. Um, Because we gotta figure that out. <laughs> all right. Well, then that does it for this episode. Thank you. Wait, all hold for... on. Oh, I'm holding. I have one more thing. We'll be really quick about this. One outrageous bold prediction for 2021. For 2021. What's going to be the cloud gaming of this year? Hmm. Hmm. 
Do you have something? Because I'm because I'm I gotta really think about this one. Should we tackle it next week? Yeah, maybe next week we can start out with our bold prediction for 2021. That works. I like it. Little teaser. Little tease. Oh, I think mine's gonna involve controllers. <sighs> wow, that was wow. That's a that's a big tease. That's like spoiler worthy. My God. Yeah, I'm gonna get stupid with it. Like stuff, something that's obviously not going to happen. Well, it's bold. Oh, oh, it's bold. Oh, it's it's bold. It's italicized too. While we're at it, and underlined. Fuck it. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, we, we talked about it ahead of time too, real quick. But uh, no, nothing really coming out um, that we're super pumped for. So that segment of the show is on hiatus still. Um, but yeah, that does it for this episode. Thank you, uh, thank you all for listening, Mike. Who should people share this episode with? People who have bold predictions about the future of gaming in twenty twenty one, not twenty twenty two. Don't even think about twenty twenty two yet. Mm-mm. We're talking the current future. Current future. None of that future future. Um, the current future gen. <laughs> oh, no. We're as confusing as Xbox's naming conventions. Podcast series X. <laughs> right. GGBG series GGB. <laughs> it's the GGBGGB. 16 because that's the episode number of this episode all right thank you so much for for listening um if you can leave us a rating share it obviously and um other than that we'll we'll talk to you guys next week